Are you sitting in a space where you are struggling with anxiety? Do you feel like a prisoner to the cycles of depression? Do you feel stuck in your own life and feel frustrated and lost, but yet you know there is so much more on the other side of this mental breakdown? I want to hold your hand through this therapeutic life healing journey. I will help you navigate emotional healing, spiritual growth, and taking massive action so you can align your mind, body, and spirit to completely transforming your life. You are worthy of the life of your dreams, of stepping into your power and experiencing your breakdown as your breakthrough. Hey, I'm Adi. I'm your therapist, your coach, your mentor. Join me as we heal your life together. Welcome to Therapeutic Life Healing with me, your host, Adi. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about why we self-sabotage in relationships and ways that we can stop ourselves from self-sabotaging happiness that we deserve in our relationships. Before we dive into the episode, I would love if you take a moment and be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. I'd love to hear from you and what you think about this show and want to just give some quick shout outs to folks tuning in from all over the world. It's really fun each week for me to get to see where you're tuning in from. So just want to say hello to friends out in the U.S. See you out there in California, Alabama, Texas. Hello, friends out in Florida and out in Kentucky and Ohio. Friends out in Nevada and Arizona, Washington, New York. Hello, friends in Minnesota and North Carolina, out in Canada, Australia, and friends around all over the world in Japan, Norway, the Philippines, Germany, the United Kingdom, Nigeria, Mexico, Denmark, Peru, Pakistan, and the Netherlands, just to name a few. Thank you all for being here and spending your time with me each week. I really appreciate you coming back and tuning in to a new episode. So today we're going to talk about self-sabotaging. And, you know, when we think about self-sabotaging, it's really the only thing that gets in the way between us and having a happier life. And specifically talking about when we self-sabotage in relationships, intimate partnerships it could be even friendships right it's something that we almost automatically do and unless we take it from our subconscious and bring it to our conscious mind we won't be able to fix it right we won't be able to work on that for ourselves so it's important that this episode you tune in and notice where you self-sabotage which ways you self-sabotage in relationships because you deserve happiness you're worthy of it we all are and when we self-sabotage, it's really, it's defined as, you know, psychologists define it as it's a behavior that creates problems in our daily life and interferes with our long-standing goals. In relationships, it's when we are actively trying to ruin our own relationships and to make it fall apart, whether consciously again or unconsciously, and we're trying to make it fall apart. For some people, it's such a automatic part of their response that it's hard to even recognize it right and so it can be even hard to stop it so that might look like you've been constantly in and out of different relationships friendships and that's a good indication that you might be self-sabotaging those relationships 
And again, if we're doing in the subconscious mind, right, it's somewhere where it's not actively being noticed. My guess is if you're tuning into this episode, that you are someone who is going to look at those shadows in your life, those parts of yourself and dig deeper, right? It's never fun or easy to face those hard things about ourselves. And usually it comes from a place of pain, right? A place of protection. We put up walls because we don't want to be hurt because likely we've been hurt in the past in some way, whether in our family, whether growing up in different uh, environments, at school, friendships. It's just so many ways that it probably was easily a protective mechanism that you built over time. And so now as an adult, it's really easy to be very guarded and create self-sabotaging behaviors. I'll go over 11 common self-sabotaging behaviors and four ways to stop them. But one big reason that's very common that folks who self-sabotage usually stems from feeling like low self-esteem and low self-worth, right? You don't feel worthy to be in these relationships. And according to clinical psychologists, if we're worried if our partner may like us enough, you might be acting like you're pushing them away just so you don't have to feel the pain of rejection and like trying to just, again, self-sabotage, having them break up with you so you don't have to break up with them. And, you know, it's like kind of stirring up drama and like instigating fights and like picking at fights when really it wasn't even a big deal or it didn't need to be a fight in the first place. It's feeling like you might not feel like you can get anyone better, right? It, It feels like you're settling Another way is like you might be fearing commitment, right? Some individuals fear commitment for whatever reason in a relationship. And so uh, it's protecting that independence. And so it could lead to self-sabotaging in the relationship to maintain that sense of freedom. A lot of the reasons we self-sabotage comes from our individual attachment styles and it's important to know your attachment style. So that's something to look into, right? If we're anxious, for folks who feel anxious, right? The, the fear of rejection and abandonment in childhood was likely really present. So it could lead to really feeling anxious in the relationship and you put that anxiety onto the partner, right? You're not sitting with it for yourself. And so you put it on your partner and that's where fights easily come up because you're not managing your own anxiety because you're just so worried that they're going to leave you. And so you're constantly kind of looking for the, for the fight. Again, subconsciously, sometimes we do it, we don't even know we're doing it. For some, it might be that you're super hyper independent, right? So you avoid closeness. This could be from an avoidant attachment style. Growing up, you were taught to be self-sufficient and to be independent. And you had to kind of fend for yourself, which may lead to fearing commitment. But the desire to self-sabotage is really linked to our attachment styles. And we self-sabotage really almost repeatedly unless we begin to pay attention and we notice the cycle and we can get familiar with it and start noticing where we can cut ourselves off from deeper into our self-sabotaging behaviors and cut the cycle. And so that's the key. Awareness is always the key to everything. If you're aware of it, if you acknowledge your patterns that are 
not healthy and not really leading to ultimately, if you have a goal of wanting to stay in this relationship that you feel really good in and want to work out, well, you got to pay attention to your patterns of behavior and cut yourself off from that cycle and practice new ways of really showing up in the relationship. So here are some common signs. Number one, you're not addressing negative emotions. That's a big red flag, having negative emotions about your partner or your relationship, but you're refusing to address them, right? You're feeling anxious, you're angry, you're frustrated, you have doubts in the relationship, and that's totally normal. That is absolutely normal. We all feel that in our relationships. And so, but refusing to talk about it with your partner Right, those are instilled in fears that you're not interested in fixing the problem. And so it's coming out in other ways. It's hard to keep the relationship alive when you're sitting in those feelings and not able to talk about them with your partner. Number two, you have extreme paranoia. So you fear that your partner's constantly cheating with really no evidence to prove of it, where you're so convinced that they're they're cheating on you, but it's really because of your own insecurity, something that you haven't examined within yourself. And so again, you're self-sabotaging. It's it's hard not to get paranoid sometimes in relationships, right? We we hear about other people that it might happen to. We might have grown up in a family where that happened, where cheating happened in the parental dynamic, uh, movies. I mean, it just, it's common, but if we're constantly worried and we have no evidence that our partner's cheating or wants to leave, then this could be a projection of your own fears and anxiety and you're putting it onto that person. And it's not fair. Uh, it's not fair to them and it's not going to lead you or them in um, a direction that is healthy, right? Because that'll constantly be something you return to and Nobody wants to be in a relationship where they're not doing anything wrong, but their partner's constantly making them feel that way, right? So, And that's your insecurity to really look at and examine. Number three, when you criticize your partner, right? The best partnerships really involve constructive criticism, right? But if we're, we're putting them down, right, for small behaviors, oh, you're so lazy, um, we're constantly kind of name calling, critiquing them in a way that they don't deserve, and we're just being mean, then we're subconsciously trying to create a distance from them, right? Between you and them, and you're trying to drive them away with that behavior. Number four, you engage in unhealthy behavior. And so that looks like eating poorly, uh, maybe excessively drinking, smoking, not taking care of yourself could be a sign of self-sabotaging in the relationship. It's a way that maybe you're coping when you're unhappy in the relationship, but you just don't know how to fix it. And so you turn to these other substances to try to cope with it instead of going to your partner to talk about them. And they could, you know, really lead to issues in the relationship. It could lead to not uh, having intimacy as much. And so you're just focused on kind of distracting from the issues and turning to something else to distract and avoid whatever the, the situation is in the relationship, right? And you blame them, but you take it out on yourself instead of rather looking deeper at the problems. And that eventually leads to potentially a breakup. Number five, holding grudges. If we're constantly annoyed by the small things our partner's doing and we can't seem to let that go, let that anger go. It could be a sign of self-sabotaging, right? Holding on to grudges can lead to poor communication, 
uh, fighting and just constantly feeling like you're walking on eggshells, right? Your partner feels that way with you. Like, I hurt you, but you said you forgive me, but you don't. But it's just, you know, can kind of create this, again, um, this tense feeling and energy in the relationship. You might be holding the grudge and don't even know you're doing it, right? You have passive aggressive communication and you avoid talking to your partner about the issue. Number six, you're putting energy into everything except your relationship. That's a big sign of self-sabotaging. If you're concerned about the state of your relationship, but you're also not putting any time to try to work on it, if you've suddenly become like really hyper-focused at work, your hobbies, overbooking, overscheduling yourself with friends, being super social, and putting other people in your life outside of your partner first, and just ignoring your partner completely, right? You're trying to convince yourself that you don't have time to fix whatever the issue is. Um, and really, you're just prioritizing other things. Number seven, having unrealistic expectations. Intimate relationships can be difficult and hard to continue to kind of manage, but it's hard to always be perfect and hard to always have this like perfect set of expectations for what you and your partner owe each other. And so that being said, it's, it's regular, normal to be upset with when your partner is not meeting your expectations, they're not communicating, um, when they're disappointed to you. This could be a sign that you've already really kind of thought of your partner as unfit for you in your head, and you don't think the relationship is worth fighting for. So you hold these kind of unrealistic expectations of each other, of your partner. Number eight, not keeping small promises. You know, the small things add up really quickly over time. And if you're regularly breaking promises regarding what time you'll be home for dinner or making plans for the weekend and when your partner, we know like when you and a partner will be spending quality time together, this could mean that your partner, that you're training your partner to resent you. And those small promises, again, you break one here and there, it's fine. It happens, you know, you communicate about it. But when you're constantly doing it, that's a form of self-sabotaging and trying to drive them away, trying to get them to resent you. Number nine, focusing on your and your partner's imperfections, where you do it so much so that you're unable to see any good in your partner or the relationship. And you just hyper-focus on the small imperfections, right? On, in, on every angle and it's just a, a pattern that's seen that you're trying to really drive again some distance between you and your partner by just constantly focusing on these imperfections of that they might fall short of number 10 just completely giving up on sex right it's normal for couples to go through phases of not having sex and you know intimacy and you know when one person has fully given up and accepted unfulfilling the sexual relationship or the desires or needs in the relationship it can be uncomfortable talking about that but this can lead to frustration resentment right and almost even thinking of like the grass might be greener on the other side where someone just begins to wonder if something else is better number 11 using the silent treatment one of the biggest signs of self-sabotaging is poor communication, right? Uh, something that there's a lack of. The silent treatment, withdrawing, refusing to speak to someone in your life out of anger or to teach them a lesson. It's extremely 
unhealthy, right? It's an unhealthy form of communication. And that was maybe modeled growing up or what feels comfortable, but it doesn't mean that it's right. And so it can be very harmful really to any relationship. Okay, so we've talked about the 11 ways that you may be self-sabotaging. So think about those 11 signs, which ones come up for you that you're noticing. You know, you might be projecting some of your own insecurities and anxieties onto your partner, right? If you feel like, if you don't feel worthy, right? If there's low self-esteem or you're hypercritical of yourself, notice how you might be doing that to your partner. You know, someone once told me like our partners are an, are an extension of ourselves or sometimes we see them as such. And it's important to remember that we're each individuals and keep that interdependence so that we don't really become so closely tied to each other that your partner's a reflection of you. But in some ways I can see and honor that perspective, right? That our partners can be an extension of us. And so where we become hypercritical of them because they reflect back to us or to others, something revealed about ourselves and we might feel uncomfortable with that or for whatever reason. And so we just put our stuff onto them and that's not fair. So here are some four ways to stop self-sabotaging in your relationship. Number one, both partners understanding your attachment style. That would be really helpful, right? For you to both understand, am I anxious? Am I having, uh, do I have an avoidant attachment? Do I have an anxious attachment style? Like what is mine? And there's easy tests online to really kind of discover that attachment style. You can look up adult attachment style um, online and just kind of review which ones maybe uh, are more fitting for you. You can absolutely seek therapy, couples counseling. Therapists will be able to go over that with you. Um, but being able to understand each other's attachment style, knowing the pros, the cons to them, it will be really helpful and be able to talk to each other about them. Knowing each other's attachment style will really help understand where each partner's coming from and bringing that into the relationship so that you can work on these self-sabotaging behaviors, these patterns, by becoming more self-aware of these patterns and intentionally working together to create new patterns by confronting them and being honest about your feelings. And that will eventually lead to stronger intimacy and better communication and open, vulnerable communication, direct communication with your partner and working on letting go of the fear surrounding the relationship and the commitment. Number two, having honest discussions, right? If you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling angry, if you're having doubts, it's important to uh, initiate open conversations about these fears and let your partner know that you're struggling with them and, you know, being able to kind of take the next step with your relationship to be vulnerable with each other. Um, if you feel like there's something going on and it's just eating you up inside, being able to have a relationship where you're having that open dialogue with each other, it's so important for a healthy, sustainable, long-term relationship. Number three is seeking counseling, right? If you feel like you, you and your partner have had a really hard time trying to resolve some of these issues on your own, you haven't been able to come forward with your feelings, or if you do, it leads to a fight. And so it's actually counterproductive and not helpful. You might actually benefit from having a third 
party person in and uh, counsel you through this time period temporarily. Um, having a neutral person can be really helpful to kind of see both sides and to really help teach you both some skills, some communication skills, and deepen the relationship. Someone who is supportive, non-judgmental, and can, can really create an empathetic environment where you feel like your issues are seen and the couples therapist can really help you work that out together. I'd also say if you can, doing even individual therapy work and that then also contributing um, into the relationship because then you're working out your own stuff privately and that will naturally flow into the relationship as well. And number four, just being patient with yourself, with your partner. Relationships are not easy. It takes work. They're, you know, It's important to be patient while you're putting in all this hard work. And remembering that you're in, you know, if you're in the long game, right, if you're in the long term, that this is just a a moment in time. And so uh, to take a step back and to just kind of breathe through the hard moments, remember that you have a support system to help you through these rough times and that you should be proud of yourself that you're even recognizing these behaviors that we call unhealthy, right? And um, knowing that they stemmed from pain, that they likely came from a place of trauma even and Um, what was modeled to you growing up. And so you're just playing out what you were taught. And now as an adult, at least you're taking the effort to be conscious, to work on those things and being proud of yourself for doing that, being proud of your partner for doing that and taking the necessary steps to fix it. You know, life is hard and we're all just trying to make it in this world and figure out our stuff along the way while we're in relationship while we're, you know, holding down a job and just, it's a lot. It's important for people to be understanding and patient with themselves and with each other. So with that, I hope that this episode was fruitful for you. Share it with a friend. If you have someone in mind that is struggling in a relationship, maybe they're self-sabotaging, send them this episode, have them tune in, share it on your social media feed and tag me. I'd love to see how this episode resonated for you. And be sure to leave a review and subscribe if you haven't already. And I hope that you take the rest of, and I hope that you take the rest of this day, this week to take good care of yourselves. And so that way we take good care of each other. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I trust that you took away some gems, some highlights for yourself in this episode. And I want to invite you to dive deeper with me if you'd like to schedule a one-on-one personalized healing session where we can really dive deeper into what's coming up for you, what you're struggling with. If you're in a place of transition in your life, whether that's relationships, careers, if you're struggling with boundaries, and we can really unpack that together and create a breakthrough session for you go ahead and email me at hello at aditzi.com. That's hello at aditzi.com. It's also in the show notes. I also offer a virtual master course. That's a therapeutic life healing master course that's virtual, self-paced at home. And it's guided with slides and videos of me really walking you through a three-week structured program that will help you 
learn about boundaries, understand fear in the brain and how it has shown up in your life. There's journal prompts and guided meditations. So go to aditzi.com and click on virtual master course to see the curriculum today. And you can enroll wherever you are in the world right away and start in the comfort of your own home today. If you found any value in today's episode, please go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. I'd love to hear from you and what you think. And I hope that you take care of yourself on your healing journey and take care of each other.